Good evening and welcome to episode 152 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you so much for joining me on a special night as we are on the eve of an unbelievable card at Canterbury Park that we're going to be talking about with two fantastic guests. Thanks for joining us tonight. Please make sure you subscribe right there on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. I'm sure we're going to have some new viewers, especially those of you who enjoy watching and betting Canterbury Park. And after you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen, smash that thumbs-up button. That'll tell YouTube that this is a great show to listen to. And also hit that notification bell so that you know when new content will arise. You can see on my name tag there, of course, follow me on Twitter, at H. Kravitz. And also on the scroll on the bottom of the screen, you can reach me through email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. You can also listen to this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. So if you happen to miss the live show, go and check it out on any of those uh, platforms as well. We have a lot of very exciting uh, promotions. I'm not going to go through all of them, but look below the video player. Many of you already know this, but some of you don't. Look below the video player and click that Show More button. Again, click the Show More button. I have three promotions going on right now throughout the show that I'm sure you'd be interested in, including a fantastic race day blog, which is basically a tip sheet that is very inexpensive with a $3 plus ROI and some excellent ABC, pick four, pick five, pick six grids, etc. Highly recommend uh, you check that out. Uh, all right. Now, before I bring on uh, my guests, and I'm going to uh, talk about this also, once they are on, as we're waiting still for one more uh, guest to arrive backstage in the uh, green room. We have a contest going on. and some We already have two winners, but I'm looking for one more winner. And this is very, very important. I will talk about this later in the show also, because we always have people joining us a little bit later. But let me bring this on the screen right now for those of you that are, are not familiar with what contest we have going on. Now, I'm going to go ahead and bring this on full screen. Uh, and I'm also going to read it for people that uh, are going to be watching this, or excuse me, listening to this and don't see the screen. So thanks to Canterbury Park and the wonderful Andrew Offerman, the Senior Vice President of Racing Operations. And also thanks to Jeff Midday, who does a fantastic job in media relations. We have a hit and split going on right now for anyone out there. It's a free contest. Now it says three winners on the top of the screen. I already have two winners from... Uh, Saturday. But if you win the contest tomorrow, you will have a 25% free, free 25% stake of my $200 pick five, uh, all stakes pick five tomorrow. Uh, here's how you play. It's, on the, it's in the middle of the screen, of course, for those of you uh, that are watching. All you have to do is pick the winner of race one tomorrow at Canterbury Park. Now, tomorrow's race one only has six horses. Only six horses, guys. So all you got to do is pick the winner and under the video player for today's podcast. So when this podcast is over, I'll post it on my YouTube channel. It'll take about 20 minutes or so. And you're going to type in in the comment section under the video player of tonight's podcast, who do you think is going to win the first race? And you must also include the winning time. This is crucial because there is bound to be tiebreakers necessary. So the tiebreaker is the winning time to the nearest two decimals. It's a six furlong dirt race. So for example, like 
Whoever picks the winner and the closest time, and I will contact you through the comment section below the video player, will have a free 25% stake of my $200 pick five, uh, all stakes pick five tomorrow. Last thing on the bottom, in order to be eligible, you have to either subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow me on Twitter. Please do not send entries through Twitter or email. So do not tweet them. Do not email me. You must put them on the bot underneath the video player in the comments section of this particular podcast, which will be up about 20 minutes after the show is over on YouTube. So again, hope everyone got all that information. I'll repeat that one more time. Uh, you can put in your entry as late as, you know, 15 minutes for the first race, let's say. First race tomorrow, I believe, is 5 o'clock or might be 5.10. Put it in by 4.30 uh, p.m. Central Standard Time. 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow on the YouTube, uh, on my YouTube channel below the video player. You can get a free 25. And this pick five, by the way, could pay thousands. So if I'm lucky with my pick five and you're fortunate enough to be a winner, we're easily talking about thousands of dollars are very possible straight into your pocket free. So that's a very exciting contest that I hope you're going to take advantage of. All right. Our guests are here. They are excited to be with you and help you find some winners. So let's bring on, not for the first time, she's been out here many times before, very happy to have her back, analyst, a handicapping analyst, and many other things at Canterbury Park, Miss Angela Herman. Hi. <laughs> making his HHH Racing podcast debut. I met him last year, Mr. Jay Litzow. Jay, hey, I, I like I like your shirt. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> anyway, I got I got it last year. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? We got the same shirt. We're all wearing blue. We're all. Yep, it's did you guys blue. coordinate that? I we did not. I even got the blue uh, icons going with the banners. Right at rock and it roll. Looks great. Jay, looks great. Jay, let me start with you first. <laughs> new to the show. Uh, welcome to the show. I met you last year. It was a pleasure along with a lot of other people in the press box. And by the way, we do have the press box handicapping champion with us here on the show from last year. So Angela's going to rock it out tonight, I'm sure. Uh, but Jay, wh what are you most excited about? Tomorrow's huge. Let me get this right now. Mystic uh, Lake, Tur uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> Turf Festival. Yeah, um, well, I love turf racing. So needless to say, I'm very excited with these full fields. Uh, great cards, very competitive races. I don't, I mean, it's hard to find a, a single in the sequence, in my opinion. So, you know, just the fact that it might only take one. I know there's the big tournament tomorrow night, too, the feeder to come in. And um, so I'm excited for that because sometimes it only takes one. I did, that happened with me last year in that tournament. Um, I happened to hit the 17 to 1 shot. Um, do you remember the name, Angela? Miami something? Oh, King of Miami. King of Miami. Miami uh, yeah. Larry Ravelli. Exactly, yep. and Loveberry, mm -hmm. yes. And yes. that's all it took and got me in the turn. I could see that easily happening tomorrow night. Yeah, all it's right, hard Mystic for Jay Lake. to find a single unless it's up against mine. So we'll get through that in a little bit. Mystic Lake <laughs> Northern Stars Turf Festival. Sorry, I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, Angela, welcome back to the show. Um, Hi. Let, let's talk a little bit before we get into the sequence. And I'm very excited to have you on. I've had a lot of uh, requests and a lot of people excited about the show because it's been getting fantastic. Pub out there, I heard... Uh, Kevin Gorg and Andrew Offman both have been on with Steve Bick the last uh, morning or two. You guys are getting a lot of pub, as you should. 10% takeout. Uh, talk a little bit about some track trends, because not everyone plays Canterbury Park on a daily basis. It's been very hot there, I know. 
It's very dry. I thought I saw like 108 and change for three quarters on the turf on Sunday in a race. So that turf course is very firm. Talk about what people should look for uh, tomorrow in terms of the turf racing. Jay. Uh, yeah. Well, for what I see, the turf rate, you know, it tends to favor, I would say, pace horses, horses either close to the lead or um, just off the lead. Um, but again, that's that a little hard to say because the rails have been out so far. And we, as we know, that probably gives an advantage to those type of um, horses. And, you know, I think the rails, I assume the rails are going to be in tomorrow, right, Angela? You know, yeah, for, the, are gonna for be the festival. Yeah. So therefore, you know, it's going to be bigger and, you know, wider turns and maybe give those closers a little shot. But it has been dry here. I will say that. Um, and, um, you know, I would say for the most part, it usually kind of um, trends towards being close to the front. Yeah, I would agree I'm with assuming that. you would agree with, go ahead, sorry. No, no, I would agree with that trend. I think that people purposely bring horses with some speed up here and they do well on both surfaces, but we also don't like when the rails are out, we don't have the capacity for giant fields like we're going to have on Wednesday. So sometimes that tends to lean the way of the other of the pace horse as well, because there's just not that much pressure up front. I saw a lot of fair pace setups, if not fast paces setting up in all five of these races. So it could reverse itself. But I think that there have been maybe more trends as far as owners and trainers who have done very well on our turf course, um, who brought horses that have come from very contentious turf races, either in Tampa or, I mean, even last year when they were still racing in Chicago that were in some of the very tough turf races or Churchill Downs on that course. And I think that they might be able to overcome some of those trends because of where they come from. But uh, Jay also has been tracking the Lothenbach stable, which is why I honed in on the horse that I singled in the sequence. But what, where are they at right now as far as turf races? I mean, he's he's hitting over like 60% in recent turf races up here. Yeah, recently, I you know, I think the number at one point where he's like 8 for 12 or 8 for 13 yeah. um, in turf races, and he had a couple multiples in those races. So, right. um, <laughs> you know, so needless to say, he's been hot. He doesn't have a lot of entries tomorrow night, but, um, you know, I know he's got the one that I'm sure you'll be talking about. So absolutely. <laughs> a few quick questions in the chat. We've got a very lively audience tonight. Please make sure everyone, any questions or comments you have for Angela, Jay, or myself, or Canterbury Park in general, Please make sure you put that in the chat there on the top right-hand side of your computer. We'd be happy, or iPad, whatever you're uh, using. Um, Steve, yes, current podcast pool players. Uh, Angela and Jay, I have a pool where basically um, every week people can pool their money together and play a ticket. And actually, um, I have a lot of investors, so to speak. We are playing the uh, All Stakes Pick 5 as part of our uh, conglomerated podcast pool. So we're, we're the HHH Racing Podcast is going to put together a very healthy size uh, pick five tomorrow. So we're very excited about that. But Steve, uh, yes, you are eligible. Uh, Jared just wanted to mention a little love for for Angela there from Jared. You got a nice pick three. It's very good. Thanks. So j- congratulations <laughs> there. Uh, and Steve also wanted to mention uh, that he's benefited from both you guys. So uh, you know we really appreciate having you on. We're going to have a lot of people. Uh, watching the show. Alex, thanks for watching the show. All right, guys, let's jump in uh, to this pick five because we got a lot to talk about. These are huge fields. Now, we have to say that the uh, what, what Churchill Downs has lost has been <laughs> Canterbury's gain, although I will say because of the great job that Andrew Offerman and the, his crew does, I'm sure the field sizes would have been very good anyway. That being said, we have some more horses probably coming in from Kentucky than normal. 
because of the issues they've had with the uh, turf there. And we have a nice uh, local contingent also. And I saw some of your picks, guys. Some of these local trainers and jockeys and horses, look out because they can absolutely win some of these open company races. Jay, I'm sure you'd agree. Do not shortchange the local contingent tomorrow night. Yeah, you always got to look at the horses for courses, right? Um, you know, if they've proven it there, you know, some horses just don't like certain kinds of turf or, you know, and again, it's been fairly hot here. So it's going to be probably be a pretty hard turf. So you might want to look at some of those horses. You know, I don't, I haven't been playing Churchill too much. So I don't know what their turf has been like, kind of, um, has it been soft or whatever. But, you know, again, if, if a horse has won multiple times over the Canterbury, I would certainly give that horse a look. Yeah, let's just say they've had issues. They put in that $12 million turf course in the <laughs> spring, not too dissimilar to the Midwest. You know, I'm in Chicago. I think Angela knows that. But in the <laughs> spring was really, it was cold. It was wet. The, whatever. The grass didn't grow the way they wanted. They they discontinued turf racing at Churchill for the short term. Uh, guys, let's jump right into the sequence. Uh, now, there are two pick fives. Just let everyone know. I don't want people to confuse. There is a later pick five. We are not talking about the last five races of the day. As I put it up on the screen a little while ago, this pick five starts in race three. It's race three, four, skipping race five. Race five is a dirt race. So it's race three, four, six, seven, and eight. All turf, all stakes, 100,000 plus each race, 10% takeout, industry low takeout. I'm sure Andrew and Jeff would like me to mention that. It's a fantastic bet. These are full fields. I'm really excited. Let's jump right in. Angela, I'm going to have you start first with your analysis. Before we do that, guys, I'm going to show the Equibase entries, and then we'll go right to the uh, PPs, JWU's DRF formulator on here. So if there is a replay that you guys would like me to show, we I can just click on it and show it. Unless, of course, it's from CDI. I, that's all the conversation. <laughs> right, right. It's not even get to yeah. that. So, no, I'm a formulator guy, too. That is frustrating. Yeah, yeah same here. <laughs> All right, I'm a formulator start. guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, race three starts at 6.10 Central Time. Again, that's Central Time. So 7.10 Eastern Time. It's as Curtis Sampson Oaks. It's $100,000. This is for three-year-old restricted uh, fillies. Of course, it's on the turf. It's one mile. And I'm going to scroll down the field very quickly. You see it's a very big field here. All these are. It's a field of... 13 as of now and the favorite is number five Schloffmitz. i believe i'm pronouncing that correctly for maker and castellano angela i'm going to start with you a little bit of a trivia question do you actually know what Schloffmitz is because i looked it up <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> How do about not, that? I do not know what Schloffmitz is jay Jamie, I, no. I probably should because it looks like a German word but I'm well, right, i should too but... I, I i saw him like what the heck is this now i I, I do deep diving on the show, as Angela knows. I, I typed in the name. There is a cardiologist, a doctor, a well-known one in New York, whose last name is Schloffmitz. Now, this horse is owned by Michael Dubb, who's, of course, from New York. I don't know if this is Michael Dubb's cardiologist. <laughs> right. I'm not full disclosure. I'm not saying it is. I, I'm going to take a guess that it is, though. So perhaps this is named after Dr. Schloffmitz of New York City. Uh, who knows? But Angela, you are not going with that horse on top. You're going with him <laughs> in second. You're going with yeah. a fascinating horse that's stuck all the way on the outside. Number 13, Blissful, who has not run in almost a year. Oh, yeah. It's the main strike against her is that she hasn't run in so long. Uh, but, you know, maybe she's got to touch a flight line to her. If you give oh, her enough time between her starts, then she'll come back better than ever. 
I know wherever you are, Jeff Madey, Jeff Madey is furious that I put Blissful on top, but. Uh, <laughs> Did the price uh, just go down, Angela? Is that, what, is that what he's suggesting? He acts like I have any impact whatsoever on the prices, <laughs> and I don't. And you don't have to watch the full replay, but watch the start of her debut. And the way that she started and the way that she finished, it, she really didn't look like a winner at any point of this race until about the last uh, 100 or 200 yards. And right well, there, she, jumps up at the start. She absolutely. went up in the air. She's on the inside. The pace is slow. And somehow she and Luis Saez work out a trip to where they get up just in the shadow of the wire. But uh, Cherie DeVoe does a really, really good job with horses off long layoffs. And in fact, the only horse recently that she's tried to put into a stake off this kind of layoff won. Her name was Byroness. She won at the end of April at Churchill. And I mean, she does get the outside hole. Obviously, she doesn't have enough speed to go up and contend on the pace. So I don't like that she's going to have to draft in and try to find a way through. But the way that she did close on this slow pace and the way that she did figure things out right away, w just off works, which is what she's going to have to do going into here, caught my eye. Because a lot of these have broken their maiden, maybe on dirt, maybe going short, not doing what they're asked to do today. And she's going to do the same thing that she was asked to do in start number one. You know, she took some money. They paid $350,000 for her. And she's already halfway through her three-year-old year. So in order to find her a spot where she could get some stakes to her name or something like that. This seems like a really good fit for Blissful. I thought that there would be some sprinters on her inside that would keep the pace honest, most uh, notably Asina and Off-Ramp, two of the locals. I think that maybe their only shot is to go for the lead. So I thought that Blissful would have something to run at. And uh, she gets Shemino. Would you guys go with Shemino as her rider? Uh, I think is going to maybe be overlooked just because people are unfamiliar with his name, but he's an excellent turf rider. And I think that Blissful could pull a mild upset in here. Although I did use your horse in second. Maker is excellent with sending his fillies up here, especially for these kind of events. He's run seven of them at Canterbury in the last five years, three of, a, three of one to finish second. She's hard to get past, especially the way that she ran last time against Walkathon. And I respect the talent that Walkathon brings to the table, but she kind of had an ideal trip in there and she ran in the same spot. So if she wins, she wouldn't surprise me, but I thought she was worth taking one shot against. These are the only two that I use in the pick five. Wow. That is, that is gutsy, Angela, because I thought this was a wide open race and the favorite, we might not even mention yet the post-time favorite. We'll, we'll get to that horse who I have in third and neither one of us, neither one of you guys have at all. We'll, we'll talk about the rail horse in a bit. Angela, I'm really glad that you mentioned the jockey of the 13 because as I put us back on screen, this is a jock. You have to pay attention. If you don't know this name, he's a young rider. He won several times at Keeneland in the spring with prices and got me a few times. I, I didn't not have him because I didn't respect him as a rider. I just liked some others in those races. But this guy can ride. Uh, I think this horse is very live, very aggressive spot for sure. Uh, Jay, you're going to go with Schlafmitz on top. Uh, what do you like about this Michael Maker trained horse? Yeah, I just like the first time he tried the turf, how much he improved. Um, you know, it was an ideal post, 10 out of 11 at Churchill. And we kind of know, you know, the Churchill turf course has been a little unpredictable too. So I just like the fact that he raced even. I think he's got upside. I think he's rapidly improving. And like Angela said, you know, Michael Maker bringing in his horses at Canterbury have been live over the last couple of years. And, you know, he's taken, taken a lot of wins. Um and, you know, just the breeding itself says something that there's a good chance that this horse could, couldn't continue to improve. 
Yeah, I think this horse is very interesting. I, that buyer, I mean, there's a reason for me not to believe it, but it is a bit aberrational compared to what she's run. That 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 is a bit of a concern when a horse just, you know, increases her buyer that much. I want to talk sure. about the six because neither one of us have this horse in second. I will say, and again, for those of you... Uh, I do have the horse say in my, second. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna yep. see my ABC, everyone out there, uh, my yep. ABC ticket because I usually put that on what I have a race day blog. I have a a tip sheet that I do on weekends. So I will full full disclosure for the viewers out there and the listeners later on on all the uh, ways to listen to the podcast. I will mention I I'm completely spread in this race and Jay, I do agree with you a little bit, even though I don't have the horse in the top three. I've capped Terra, I believe it's pronounced. I have this horse as a B for Brousset. No pun intended. Uh, yep. What do you like about this horse? 15 to 1 morning line, Jay. Again, he tried to get on the turf first time at Indiana and was rained off and then got on the turf and ran, you know, a very nice race. Won fairly easily, um, pulling away a little bit at the end. But again, I think this horse has big upside. Um, Uncle Mo, love the chase, not for love. You know, bred up and down for the turf. And again, just I, I like the 15 to 1. I like Gutierrez on it. And I think just as a you know, looking for a price. I did include this horse in my pick five, hoping that again, you know, I, I tended to lean a little bit more towards some of the uh, chalkier horses throughout the sequence. So looking for a little value in this race. I like horses there trying to do something, you know, for, by the way, love the chase. Isn't that uh, California Chromesdale? I was just going to say, it's, it's his mom. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just want to make sure that was, yeah, there you go. I, I, that's just, it's just one of those names that you, everyone knows, right? Cause it's just, it's such an unusual situation. So, uh, I, I love horses, Jay, that do something for the first time and do it well. I, right. I, I think Ray Lou's really underrated. He's going to just sit right off the pace. Why not? I don't know if we're going to get 15 to 1, but you certainly could. Um, I've got the 10 of the ball as the only other one I'll talk about mainly here uh, for Joe Sharp. Joe's got two in this race. He's also got the 9 Dream Worker. I sort of like the upside more of the 10. I don't have a real strong opinion on which one's better. Uh, but again, this horse, there's, there's a, a bunch of speed, as you guys mentioned this race. I, this horse is, a, is obviously can close. Lindy Wade, hello, Lindy Wade, there you go. Local jockey, a leading rider right now uh, at, at Canterbury in the saddle. I just think it's a wide open race. Last thing I'll mention here, the one, when the dawn breaks, none of us have mentioned this horse. I think she can win. Uh, Angela, I just want your quick opinion. I know you don't have her in the top three. She can win, but this feels like a horse that's going to be way over bet without the figs to really back it up just on connections. It's a big field. I mean, she can win, but I'm sort of mad with this horse. I don't know. I don't know. If she beats me, she beats me, but I wasn't blown away by her race at Keeneland. Uh, they put her in at a mile and three sixteenths, which leads me to think that at a mile, she's going to be even further behind than yeah. seven and a quarter lengths. I don't like that combined with the rail. I think that she's one of the more talented members of the field. If we were going like a mile and an eighth or a mile and a quarter, she would interest me more. But I just, I didn't see enough in that race at Keeneland where I would take her at the five to two, two to one odds that she's likely going to be. And I'm just going to take a pass. I agree. And last thing, I also, I have the four even like as a complete wacko seahorse. I know she looks really slow. I don't want to, we could talk forever, but the, the <laughs> four's got some breeding and uh, Jay, I think we know that owners pretty well. They don't, maybe they're just in there for fun, but they don't mess around. Uh, Jay, tell everyone who the owners of this horse are in case people are, haven't been paying attention lately. Right. They happen to have a horse in the Kentucky Derby this year, which isn't yeah. too bad for the local owners. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they bred. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they've been great for 
uh, Minnesota racing over the years, yeah. just huge supporters of Canterbury and the, the whole program. So um, you always, always cheering for Barry and Joni. I mean, I don't think they're going to win, but they could set the pace. And if this turf is firm, they just let this horse go. And everyone says, ah, this horse can't win. Would not, would not completely shock me at all. But anyway, it's a wide open field. It's a great race. Let's get on to the next race. And Jay, we're going to have you start here. And of course, everyone, there are banners on the bottom of the screen. And I'm going to flip over here. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen. Here were, um, I don't, don't want to say obvious, but there's two horses, or at least one for sure, that looks like could be very tough in this spot. This is uh, race four, 641, approximately central time. It's the Dark Star turf sprint always a really fun race again hundred thousand dollars these are for older or three old and up males on the turf another big field as you see most of the field i'm gonna scroll down in just a minute there and it's a field of 13 as of right now although according to jeff bidet i believe the nine tiger dad has entered in thursday angela's shaking your head yes yeah so she, I he's re-entered think... he's out okay so tiger dad is going to be out everyone else as far as we know is going to be in the favorite Jay here is the number four, seven cents for Cox and Drew. And by the way, that combination is in what a few, I think three times uh, in these five races. But you are going with the same great minds think alike. We're going I with, guess. A started Michael with the Maker, shirt. Yeah, a Michael with Maker the shirt. horse. Like I hear he's pretty good on the turf. Uh, second choice right now in the mooring line, XY Speed. Yeah, so what I what I look for in these five furlong sprints is horses that have done it before, and uh, this is a horse that has definitely proven that he likes the distance. Uh, you can see there he's eight for fourteen at the distance, and you know he he's kind of got tactical speed. It looks like he can go to the lead if he really wants it, or he can sit back. And you know, looking at this race, there is a lot of speed, and I think uh, Castellano can kind of with that post, you know not have to have the lead, but should be able to kind of just see how things develop in front of him and hopefully have enough left, you know, kind of at the end to pick up the pieces if if he does not go for the lead. But again, he can, this horse has shown he can go to, for the lead and hold on and win too. So very tactical. Um, you know, I like the, again, like the trainer. Um, but again, it's not too imaginative, but, you know, I basically took the two chocks here. Uh, two things I'll say quickly, and then we'll let Angela jump in. Number one, I don't like four to one, Jay. For me, this horse has to be a little bit higher on the win end. Number two, tell people, I, we agree with this, so tell people why they should not be concerned with what appears to be a declining form and buyer figs. Well, to me, as a turf handicapper, I don't really look at buyers too much. Um, okay. You know, just because of the timing issues that we know that are kind of out there and seem to be more prevalent okay. on the turf. But you know, that being said, I mean, you know, everybody's got their angle, right? So, um, you know, that could certainly be a thing. But again, that last race, 83, was on a good turf. Maybe he didn't like that. And I think, again, I think we're going to be closer to kind of the Tampa or Gulfstream rock hard uh, turf course that, that he might be used to than kind of what he raced on in Mammoth last time. Um, Angela, you are going with uh, my second choice and Jay's second choice. This looks to be a, a horse that, if he gets the trip, is going to be very tough to beat. Uh, seven cents. He's consistent. He's classy. He's got a great post. I mean, there's really not much to not like about this horse. Right. He was just uh, a lack of better options, I guess, sort of thing. And just one quick note going back to race number three, the Curtis Sampson Oaks, uh, Morgs World 
ran on Sunday. She too will be out. And our Mercedes boy uh, is a main track only in here, barring unforeseen monsoon or something that we don't see in the forecast. He'll also be out of race number four. Uh, so, what number was is that? That's going to be out. Uh, he's number ten. Nine okay. and ten should both be out of this race. I just want to show that to everyone. So the ten is a main track only, right? So right. that will help the outside horses a bit uh, right. to get a few more spots inside. Uh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, and I thank you. I saw so much speed on the outside, just where yeah. they drew the Chessmaster, Plain Talk, and uh, Joe Sharp's horse thirteen Spycraft. I thought that they would make life very difficult for horses who didn't want to be restrained on the inside. Somebody like an XY Speed that wants to be in the thick of things. And seven cents, even though I don't think he rates very kindly, he'll still rate. And I thought that he would get a nice trip right in behind horses. He doesn't have much of a move to him, but he can come from just off the pace. And Karotari, I think, would be about like two to five in this field. Seven cents was gaining on him. I didn't see XY Speed making much headway on him. And I thought that XY Speed, just in the name of Mike Maker, even though he's really Gerald Bennett's horse right up until this point, uh, I thought that he would get bet based on that. If Bennett was the name on him, I thought he would be fair value. I think I just think he'll get over bet with Mike Maker. I don't think that he'd be a surprise, and I think that he could be a part of things. But I just thought the value for him versus maybe what I thought Seven Cents would be at, I think he'll be five yeah. to two or something like that. At least I know what I'm going to get with him. And Seven Cents is very, very consistent when it comes to five. I didn't love him as much going five and a half, even longer than that, even though he ran well enough at it. I think this is a good sweet spot for seven cents and he can handle any kind of track conditions. Uh, he's just really, really tough right now. And I think he was a shrewd claim a few starts ago. I think you bring up some really good points. And and when I looked at these PPs, and let me just say this, and anyone who watches the show knows this, and I don't know if either one of you feel this way. I'm not a fan of turf sprints. So just a lot of weird things happen, like one little steady or one little whatever, and you have no chance. I'm just not a huge fan of turf sprints in general. Which is why I'm just going to, I'll just flat out say it. And, and if you want to push back, feel free, Angela. I, I would never single a horse like Seven Cents because even though he is the best, it's just there's like seven speed horses in this race. Like this could be a crazy, some weird, crazy thing can happen. That being said, <laughs> Seven Cents is probably the most likely winner. I'm really interested in the seven and I'm using the seven quite a bit. I think the seven for me is a B as in boy. And I might even move this up, uh, this horse up. Uh, to an A, Angela. I'm, I don't want to steal your thunder, but we're we're we might be thinking the same thing with this horse. He's gotten really good since going over the turf. I mean, they tried him yeah. once at Ellis Park, uh, maybe wipe that from the slate. But those recent races have been good enough to at least get a piece of this. And they've been at fairgrounds. They've been on been at Churchill Downs. Toss out the slop race. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the horse that beat him last time. Thanks, Mr. Eidson. That horse ran in California for a long time, but he too is versatile. I respect his chances. And I thought that on your mark is one who wouldn't be dependent on one kind of trip. Whereas the horses just to his outside would be, I just wanted to throw a price in there because seven cents is so boring to take on top. And <laughs> on your mark is one of a handful of horses that I think could come from just off the pace, maybe not win, but throw some spice into vertical wagers. So I used both him and I used Huey attack who's one of two from the Bahena stable, but the one that should benefit the most from the pace setup. And Jareth Loveberry, very familiar with this turf course, should have this horse in a good position to uh, maybe get a piece. I don't know if he's good enough to win this race, but he will definitely be a price. So I threw him in for good measure because I think that the pace benef- the pace will benefit him more than most. Throwing some love to the Illinois bread. I love it. And Jared Loveberry obviously knows his way around uh, this track. I thought on your mark, listen, I think he's going to need a lot of things to go his way, but 
it looks like, you know, people see three for 22, Angela, and immediately I was like, ooh, I don't like that. But, of course, you already mentioned it. Only four starts, only four of those 22 races were on turf, and he, he's been in the money for three out of the four of them. So, obviously, you know, he's taking the turf course. He might be closing best. Jay, we'll wrap up the conversation with year 11. We haven't really talked about these outside horses. I know the nine and 10 are going to be out, but breaking from the nine hole for Chessmaster and breaking from, you know, the 10 for plain talk and Spycraft, who I sort of like as a horse, but this post going five furlongs, these outside horses are going to be really up against it, I thought, in this race. Right. If if Chessmaster is closer to the inside, it'd probably be more likely to take that horse. I think he had her third, uh, or excuse me, him third. But, you know, again, horse for course has a few wins here. Um, had a nice win at um, Tampa in the turf dash there being yeah. XY speed. Um, so it likes the, but as you can see, whenever this horse is close to the rail, the horse does really well. You know, that December 1st race, the September 15th race, all those are rail trips. And even the, the win at, on the turf dash was a rail trip. So, um, I just question if this horse has kind of enough speed on the outside. And again, a lot can happen in a sprint race. So if this horse, you know, um, anticipates the break and gets out quickly and, you know, gets up by one or two or is just off the pace, might have a good chance. But, you know, there's so much that can go wrong in a five for a long turf race, unfortunately, too. And speaking of last year, we didn't even mention Jazzy Times, who's returning champion. And I didn't have her. I remember Michelle. By the way, is, is this, uh, the race is going to be on Fox tomorrow, I believe. Is that correct? And mm-hmm. is, is yep. Michelle going to be there, Angela? Or do you know who's going to be the on-air right. Maggie Wolfendale is here. Oh, oh, wow. Fantastic. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie's, Maggie's, Maggie's awesome. I have a right. chance to meet her in person. And Tom Morley, your husband, is just fantastic. We trade an ahead. A for an A. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Oh, no, for sure. Um, this is an example of what can happen in this race. Because last year, um, he uh, he won the race last year, right? Where is he? Yep. Trying mm-hmm. to find... yep. There he is. Did. He won the race at 10 to 1. And Michelle Yu was like five feet from me cheering this horse home. I didn't have him, of course. But Michelle was smarter than me for in this race in particular, for sure. Um, I don't like him, but I just want to mention Jazzy Times coming back to defend his title. Go ahead, Jay. I was just going to say, I think the race, would you agree, Angela? It's tougher this year than it was last year. Maybe the field oh. is a little deeper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it feels like every. It almost yeah. feels like every race is tougher and deeper this year. Well, and last year was sure. good. He kind exactly. of blew the he blew the break last year, if I recall. But yeah, um, no, he didn't actually. That was a different race. But uh, either way, this horse just no. isn't consistent enough for me. I, I don't know. I, no. I, I, just I wouldn't be surprised he if he wins, race. but he can. No, I just want to mention because he won the race last year. I don't yep. think he has a chance in hell. If this horse wins as a nine-year-old, then <laughs> hate, all I my tickets to. will be completely gone with the wind. Uh, I hate to all right, guys. defending champions, though. I, I really have a hard time throwing those out usually, you know, yeah. just because they've proven they can do it. You know? Absolutely. Right. Let's go to race six. Now, uh, this race is, I think, where some people are going to take some stands here in terms of singles. Again, race five is a dirt race, ladies and gentlemen. It is not part of the sequence. Race six is the Lady Canterbury. Of course, it's a mile. These are for the older fillies and mares, $100,000, of course, 745 to 743 approximately Central Standard Time. Another big field, of course. You see it on the screen there as I scroll down a little more. There's a horse in this race, and I'm going to go ahead first. Uh, the more line favorite, She Can't Sing, for Chris Block and Jared Loveberry. My guess is uh, this is going to be a single for a lot of people. Now, I want to go, I want to put myself on the screen. 
if I had to single a horse in the sequence, and there is many ways to win a pick five. I know uh, someone that we know last year got a bit of a, a kerfuffle with someone else about singling and pick fives. Used to work for Canterbury Park. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, about, you know, you have to single. You don't have to single and pick fives. You, you can pick and choose. In my opinion, guys, if you were to single a horse, this is the most likely winner of the entire sequence. That being said, I don't think this is a sure thing at all. Because I think there's some very interesting horses in this race. She can't sing as I go full uh, screen here. What got really good down at fairgrounds. She beat some very nice horses, but they weren't exactly in form. So I'm not. You could argue how you know how tough those fairgrounds races were. Then she went to Churchill. It was a very weird turf course. I think she was on the inside, as we said, and lost to Bleecker Street. And if you don't know who Bleecker Street is, you haven't been paying attention. Also, uh, Fluffy Socks, Hendy Woods, that was, that modesty was a very tough race. And she ran just fine, lost by three lengths. To me, this is a much easier spot. I have a ton of respect for Chris Block, an Illinois guy like myself. It looked like they've been waiting for this spot. I think she can just sit right off the speed. I think she's a very likely winner if she gets the trip. But I don't think she's a slam dunk at all for Lothenbach, by the way, as Angela, you mentioned. So uh, these are local connections. And the other horse I'll mention, and then we'll go to you, Angela, uh, is the eight, Serrania. This is a horse that won this race last year for Brad Cox, is improving. Second star off the layoff. I heard Brad Cox say on a few shows that they've tried to get this horse entered a few times, and the races just haven't gone or been scratched which is a bit of a negative to me, but she's been working well. She's an improving four-year-old. I have nothing negative on this horse. She can easily win this race. I think she, her odds should not be really that far off. She can't sing. I personally just prefer she can't sing. But these these two horses, to me, are absolutely the horse to beat in this race. That being said, Angel, you're splitting those two with a very interesting horse from the inside who ran uh, last year at Canterbury, I believe, right? Yeah, in the same race and almost beat Saranya, a Malfi princess for the aforementioned uh, Michael Maker. Yeah, uh, they ran against each other and I thought a Malfi princess got the more uh, weird trip of the two. I expected her to be on the pace. She was almost 10 lengths off it. I don't know if a Malfi princess really wants a mile. I yeah. think that she's a tough horse to find a distance for. Like how, how many seven furlong turf races are you going to find in the country? But Amalfi Princess, if she's going to get it, I think is going to be on this course. I took her last year. I was throwing tickets after that trip, but Saranya <laughs> beat her with a better trip and, you know, she just beat her on the square. They didn't come home that quick in the Curtis Sampson Oaks, but I didn't see anything uh, outside of these two and she can't sing that I thought would really overcome them. They're proven on the turf course. I think that they might get similar trips today instead of the polar opposite trips that they got last year. And I thought that a multi princess might take a little less money because she was beaten by Saranya last year. And I thought that Saranya, though, I, I submit she lost, she beat me last year. I don't think that she has the same foundation. Like you said, there aren't, they weren't able to get spots for her this year. Like they were last year where she built a good foundation on the pace, off the pace at the fairgrounds at Keeneland. She got one race in at Keeneland. She ran well, but that's it for her this year. She hasn't been able to run in any other spots, and I think she too might be over bet. She can't sing for all the reasons that you mentioned is going to be my single in here. I guess either our ticket dies or uh, or Jay's <laughs> ticket dies in this race because Jay is all about Saranya, and I, I won't talk him off her, but she can't sing. Uh, looms, I thought, a very daunting presence in this race. 
Well, Jay, she did just like a professional uh, analyst on TV just threw you a right. platter there with Saranya. Wonderful nice transition. Segue. Jay, yep. now listen, we don't we don't want to spoil the end of the show here. So let's not spoil our pick five tickets completely. Uh, but uh, you like Saranya quite a bit here, Jay. I do. I just think, again, I think this Saranya style might fit Canterbury a little bit better again than Amalfi Princess. I just, I'm not sure what Amalfi Princess is going to do. Are they going to go for the lead? Are they going to close like they did last year? It's just really hard to tell. So I think, um, you know, assuming that Saranya breaks well, like he did last year and can kind of just sit behind the pace, I think um, Saranya will get the first run at the leaders, you know, for the speed horses that are out there. And I'm not too worried, as you said, you know, Cox was probably looking for other races, but, um, you know, he's one of the best in the business at kind of coming off a layoff, let alone, you know, this is only a couple months now. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about that. And, you know, he's got, you know, plenty of foundation in him. So, um, again, it's not an easy sequence, but, you know, um, this is probably like... I plan on playing the uh, Northern Stars Challenge tomorrow night, the handicapping contest, and this will probably be one of my win bets. Um, can you talk about the 13 a little bit? Because I'm assuming this horse is going to run uh, for Winchester Place again, local uh, connections. Tony Rangsdorf, who I looked at, I looked at the uh, statistics earlier today. It's been a little bit cold, but I mean, not not bad. Uh, this is a nice horse coming off a long layoff. I suppose you figure she could maybe clunk up and, and get a piece. Yeah, this is more if uh, the pace actually is brutal up front and there's just a collapse because this horse does bring her game. I wish that I, I said this in my article. I wish this horse probably would have had a prep at some time. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Angela, wasn't this horse entered and it got rained off or something to that effect? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that I wish this horse had some kind of prep in him or, excuse me, in her. Um, but again, you know, I think. Cunionez knows the turf course will probably be very patient and make one run at the end. And if, and if things collapse, you know, we've seen weird stuff happen. Jay, for people that don't watch Canterbury on an early basis, um, how, how quick is that run into the first turn? Are outside posts like a death knell going a mile or do they have time to cross over a little bit? Would you say? I would say again, with the rail now down, you know, um, it was, it's been out the, the last few weeks and that has been a little tougher for the outside horses, but I don't think it's a, it's not perfect. If you're a speed horse, you obviously don't want to be on the outside, but I would say it's not too big of a concern for closers. We just, we I, don't, honestly, you know, we don't have very many 12, 13 horse fields at Canterbury on the turf, nor do, does anybody really. Yeah. And the one you have on the screen is going to be a big scratchola. Yeah. yeah. I just want to mention that I got that information. Um, from Jeff Madey, the 10 is scratching. I just want to bring up, I've, I've got a wacko horse in every race because listen, th- this thing could pay big time. And I'm always looking to beat favorites if it makes sense. Can we talk about the three? And by the way, uh, I have Steve in the chat, Steve Hogan in the chat um, brought up the three. Steve, you and I are thinking alike. I'm using this horse. Now look, I, I don't know if this horse is going to be good enough, but it sure looks like this horse is getting the lead guys. Number one, number two, Throughout that last race, that was just a prep for this. It was in the slop on dirt. She ran a nice race last year at Remington as a two as a three year old, you know, running a seventy seven buyer, and the pace looked legitimate. She got really good at the end of the year. If they if Lindy Way gets loose on this turf course and it's speed favoring, look out. This horse would not surprise me. I've got Medallion Match as a B, as in boy, as a possible upsetter in this race again. I think for me, guys, it's just my opinion. You guys watch every day. You know Canterbury better than I do. 
if horses are going to sort of upset the field to me, it could be on the lead tomorrow night. It's just a gut feeling based on how the turf might play. Any thoughts at all, either one of you on this horse? Am I just crazy? No, I thought they're silent. That means I'm crazy. No, I just don't want to talk over Angela. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jay. No, I was just going to say, you know, the form at Canterbury last year was not real good. So that, that would be my concern is that, you know, this horse has had chances at Canterbury and seemed to maybe like the Remington, um, turf course better, but, um, but Again, I'm not going to talk you off a of 15 to one. That might be a couple yeah. lengths clearer. So you know, well, I think she was just improving last year. Right? I mean, she wasn't. Yeah, that, yeah, Denver, exactly. Though, you know, you know, I don't know. That's I that's what horse racing is, right? It's it's about interpretation. Was she improving or was it Remington? You know, so. And we have people playing in contests tomorrow. This might be a nice horse to throw out underneath in your try, right? I mean, yep. that could yeah. spice up your try. Maybe a chalk splitter. You know, seven eight with three with. Or seven eight with blank with three. It's yeah. a it's a it's a bet that I like to play a lot, Jay. That I've talked about on the show. I like to key a sort of a longer price underneath or back wheel, uh, you know, to spice up your tries if you can play a trifecta in a contest and, sure. and you like to play tries. All right, let's move on to the next race, guys. It's a very very interesting race. Race seven, Jay. I'm gonna have you start with this race first. I go ahead and switch a bunch of things. And you know what? Now is a good time, guys. If you don't mind, I'm gonna actually take this off the screen because we had a lot of people that were not part of the show right at the beginning. So I want to spring up this contest one more time for everyone, because we've a lot of people watching right now that we're not watching at the beginning. So bear with me guys, just a minute here as I'm going to share my screen. So if you're not aware, ladies and gentlemen, again, and if you already heard this at the beginning of the show, I apologize. There's a hit and split contest. I'm betting a $200 pick five tomorrow care of Canterbury Downs. So thank you Canterbury Downs for that. There are, we already have two winners. If you'd like a chance to get a 25% stake of my $200 pick five, absolutely free. It costs you nothing. You have to pick the winner of race one tomorrow. And you can see where it says how to play. Pick the winner of race one and put it underneath this video player. Uh, and you also need to include the winning time. So when this show is over, I'll put the show up on YouTube and below the video player in the comments section, predict who you think will win race one and you must include the winning time. It is a six furlong main special weight dirt race and it's only six horses. So you could just guess and take a one in six shot at it. And I will contact you through the video player. If you're the winner, do not tweet me. Do not send me an email. Again, it must be through the video player or through this podcast on the YouTube channel below the video player. All right, guys. So, we're looking for one more winner tomorrow. I'm very excited about that. Let me take this off the screen here as I multitask. There we go. All right, let's get to race seven, guys. I know you don't know what I'm looking at. I just realized. <laughs> all right, I do it all, Jay. I'm like the director. I'm the host. I'm the. I don't have the great people behind Jack the scenes. Of all like trades, you guys, right? like I you guys, are. absolutely mm-hmm. master of none. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mystic Lake Mile. This is for the older boys. They're going a mile, of course, on the turf. another very tough race, a very big field. You see it right there. There's the first seven. We got to scroll down all the way to Agent Peter Graves. So I don't know who that is, by the way. Maybe it might be from an old TV show. I don't know. But anyway, the favorite here uh, is two Emmys. Now, two Emmys is going to scratch. Angela's like, I want to jump in. Two Emmys, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Okay. Two Emmys, who, by the way, I hate that horse for a lot of reasons. Don't get me started. Whenever he wins, I'll have him when he loses. What did he do I, to I you? Uh, because he he beat me out of a like yeah. huge pick five 
at uh, at Arlington uh, last year when he won the Mr. D going like 55 to the half or something. I'm not sure contest. he's aware of that. He's scratched. <laughs> I, li- kindly I, I like the connections. I don't mind the horse. Just anyway, I was completely right about <laughs> bet against this horse, but two Emmys is not running. He's me running at Hawthorne on Saturday. So for all you listening and watching, forget two Emmys. He's not the morning. Or he is the morning line favorite. He's not running. So we'll just go to the next favorite as the morning line favorite. We'll just say number six, Mr. Dumas um, for John Ortiz, who I met, by the way, at the Belmont Stakes because he trains Barber Road. Um, and he was staying in the barn with Ray Handel, who I know. Anyway, six degrees of separation. Uh, written by Ray Lou. Angela, I'm going to have you go first. Actually, I think, Jay, it's your turn. Jay, we'll have you go first sure. with, the, with the number two, Spanish Kingdom for Joe Sharp and Adam Bishiza. Yeah, I think, um, you know, looking at this horse, had a very good 2020. Uh, won, you know, three races, I believe. Um, and then won his first race back in 21. And then something obviously went wrong because had a bad race, took some time off, and has taken some time off, kind of has been spotty um, in their start sense. But the thing I do like about this horse is that he raced May 5th and is now coming right back. So hopefully maybe the physical problems are past him and, you know, um, ran even in that first start back, again, in a pretty good field at Churchill Downs on Derby Week. And so I just think, again, there's some upside here. Um, there's a lot of speed on the outside. So I think this horse is going to get a good trip. And um, I trust the biscuit to kind of give me a good trip, maybe right behind the speed. This horse, if he breaks well, shouldn't be too far back. And I just think at a price, again, six to one is probably a misnomer with the favorite scratching. But I think you're probably going to get in that four to five um, to one range here. And again, likes to win. Um, and again, I think maybe that some of those races last year muddied his form a little bit when he maybe wasn't a hundred percent himself. Uh, two quick things. I know a lot of people that feel very strongly one way or another about Adam Bishiza. Some people love him. Some people don't. Number two, Jay, I did hear Joe Sharp and I apologize. I can't, I can't no, tell I you heard where that I too. heard yep. it. It was on a video that yep. thinks maybe this horse, you heard the same thing. He said, yep. again, this is not my opinion. It's coming from the trainer. Joe Sharp said that he thinks this horse might be a little better going longer, which does make sense to me. I still have this horse in second, but I just to the viewers, Jay, I wanted to be yep. and listeners. I wanted to make sure that we pointed that out. Yeah, no, I heard that too, but I've also, you know, uh, I've been doing this for a long time and you know, I, I <laughs> well, tend to not listen, to, <laughs> tend not listen to trainers. I just kind of go with my own opinion because, um, you know, they're not always the best handicappers either and can be pleasantly yeah. surprised. But I think there's enough speed in the race that it may set up that, you know, he doesn't need that much distance. They may back up a little bit to them. Um, yeah. You know, the uh, agent Peter Graves, Touch Revenge, you know, there's a ton of speed drama course, you know, all these horses on the outside have a ton of speed. So he might just be able to sit behind them, get that good trip and then pick up the pieces at the end. Yeah. There's a lot, there's drama course there. Even Rochambeau is not slow. Uh, Dynamite's right. probably gonna be coming a little bit off and there's agent Peter Graves who pretty much has to go to lead, but you are going with a speed horse in second Tuts revenge. Who was in really good form for uh, Stuart Clinton. And by the way, here Hernandez, can you talk about this uh, jockey who's had a great meet so far, Jay, here at Canterbury? Yeah, he's new to Canterbury this year, and he's done very well. I mean, he got off to a little slow start, but, you know, has really heated up lately and and is getting a lot of the good mounts um, lately. So I would expect him to be right up there probably, 
him and Wade, you know, uh, battling towards the end. And then Fuentes, too, um, getting kind of first call on a lot of... Which Fuentes? Um, There's three of them, Jay. There's three it was Lu- It's Luis, right, is <laughs> Luis, the top one, yeah. Angela, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's been getting a lot of those turf... The, when I mentioned uh, the burnt Lothenbach turf horses, he's been getting first call on a lot of those. So he'll be probably right in the two. But, yeah, um, Tut's Revenge, again, just a hard-knocking veteran. And he, this is his third year he's tried this race, and he's got a win and a third. So, you know, it's really hard to um discount him um even though again the pace not be perfect for him he seems to be in really good form and he's got tactical speed he doesn't necessarily have to have the lead he can sit behind it and yeah. and again um harry has a race under him um it was on the dirt and that was the rained off kind of the preps for this race but uh you know i give him a big shot by the way, I think I feel like last year that Brooksfield was also rained off. Like it every was. every every preview day, it seems like has been rained off. Am I right about that? Right, it, you're Wasn't exactly right. Yep. Yep. I think it was. But we'll take the good weather on on the festival day uh, on the day that counts. It. Yes, exactly. Um, speaking of a horse that might count for Angela, Street Ready, I think is really interesting for one of, for for Luis Fuentes, who I think is third in the standings when I just checked it. Angela, what does it like about the one eight to one morning line? Is very juicy. This was my least favorite, I suppose, of the five in there. And even with two Emmys out, I thought that the pace was going to be very testing for whoever decides to go contest it. So I am with Jay on Spanish Kingdom. I used him in second. I thought that this horse runs similar races to Spanish Kingdom and Mr. Dumas, but because he doesn't do that against stakes horses, that he might be overlooked. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a rough start for him last time. He didn't make too much of a move. I watched back that Ellis Park race from last July. I thought that's the kind of trip that he could get. I thought this horse could maybe tuck in, save some ground on the inside. And if something should open up when horses start to tire on the front end, uh, Fuentes is good about trying to save ground until something does pop up. I don't know if he's going to make a late move or a mid brace move or something like that, but street ready looked like he could have himself in a similar spot to both Spanish kingdom and Mr. Dumas are going to take a lot of money. And I thought that he has a similar sort of kick. He's willing to pass horses. Not a ton in here are, and if those were going to be my three options for horses coming off the pace, he was going to be the best price of the three. So I landed of him on, with him on top. I put Rochambeau in third. I mean, he's obviously not a win machine. Lots of pieces for him, but he's run figures competitive enough and can pass horses where I think he could get a, pay, a piece, even if he has a touch of herd instinct to him. So I thought that he would add a little spice underneath, but I'm not a huge fan of his on top. Angela, I tried so hard. I was like looking for that monster closer that like stood out from the rest because this race could fall apart. I couldn't find one. This, it's not this there. Is be, this is going to be like a weird, this is going to be a jockey's race. This is going to be a fascinating race. There's two horses I want to mention. Let's talk first about number six, who I like a lot in this spot. Maybe he's not that much better than the others by the numbers, but I think he's faced the best horses of, of all of them. I think he's very classy. Again, I like Ray Lou. doesn't have to be on the lead. Similar profile to the horses you guys have talked about. Maybe the price is going to be too low, but I, I think he's the horse to beat, but not by a lot. And I just want to mention the number eight, who if you're a fan of Kevin Gorg, he <laughs> loves this horse. And and you know what? I think he's interesting for Lindy Wade. If you go back, he's got numbers on the turf um, in, in California that really aren't that far off. I don't love him, but it is Diodoro at a price for Lindy Wade. I mean, you could do worse than all those things. 
Did either one of you have a thought? Angela, you're laughing a little bit. No, I'm just on. thinking about that damn mask he wore. <laughs> That's <laughs> I mean, the cra- I'm like, it's Freddy Krueger running this race? I'm like, what the hell was that? It's It was fantastic. <laughs> and I'm so glad he came up with the concept for that. It was just, it was very fitting. And fitting for him. You know, if you've seen of any of our races or any of our videos before the races, they find a way to work Kevin as the goalie for Burnsville High School into almost all of them. So if you mentioned God's Country goalies, anything like that, you, you're putting Kevin Gorg into the equation there you go um jay this is a spread race right as we as we go into the last race this or would you would you be sort of uh light here in general horizontally speaking in the seventh race in this race we just uh, yeah yes i think i'm going three deep um okay yeah just two six and seven for me in this race yeah okay i did i'm gonna go a little deeper i just i just feel like the it just again this is a great sequence but there's there's a lot of things that that can happen in this race and angela i love your one here because uh you know, you know, he's going to save ground, which might be the key, right? I mean, the, if this mm-hmm. is not a photo finish, I'd be surprised just because there seems like there's a lot of horses that are similar. Yeah. All right, guys, let's go on to the last race. And I have a sort of a strong statement because this this last race of the sequence is my price play of the entire sequence. There's a horse in here I love, and I have to show a replay for reasons why. And uh, sometimes my price plays work out very well. People that watch the show know, like obligatory, and we can go on and on, a lot of other horses. Sometimes they don't work out. Um, I think we're going to get a price. So let's go talk about the last race of the sequence. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to go ahead first, and you could tell me how ridiculous my pick is here. Uh, This is going to be, as we switch, this is the Mystic Lake Derby. This is the big one. 150000 on the line. It's going to start about 845 Central Standard Time. This is restricted for three-year-olds. Jay's uh, King of Miami won this last year, a horse I did not have for Lurie Ravelli, who, by the way, does not have any horses here uh, racing tonight, I don't believe. It's a big field, as I show you here, of course. You go down. The morning line favorite is the number eight, Stitched, for uh, Foley and Giroux. There's 11 horses in this race, and there are two two Minnesota breads in this race. And the reason why I'm mentioning, and maybe you guys are getting the idea now, one is Xavier Dave and one is Ben's Malice. Guys, I'll say it right out front as we bring this up. Uh, hold on. Let me switch the picks here. This is a tricky race because the six and the eight on paper, as you guys know, I'm, you've already handicapped it, both have, it looks like quite a bit of speed. I have heard from the connections, Tom Amos said they're going. So Tom Amos said they're going on the six. And Brad Cox has said that he thinks the eight can sit. Now, again, you talked about trainer speak, Jay. I don't know. But everyone, you see, let me go full screen. You see all these blue-coated numbers. That means Stitch has, has been getting away with slower fractions, everyone. So what, you see a lot of ones. But in theory, this is an 89 early time form. And uh, Dawa Giac Chief is a 120 early time form. So in theory, the six is much faster. Guys, I think at some point the six and eight are going to hook up, if not early, late. And I love the Minnesota bread. I love Xavier Dave, guys, in this spot. Love love this horse. I'm hoping I'm going to get six to one for Mac Robertson, uh, leading trainer at Canterbury. I Let me talk very briefly. Two starts back at Fairgrounds. Got a very nice trip, but exploded in the stretch. Now, the, the, the rail you know completely opened up. He got a great trip, but he exploded late. This horse is by Temple City of an officer mare. So there's a lot of turf breeding, especially 
on the male side. Now, last time, we have to show this replay, guys. Last time, Xavier Dave is the eight horse. I want to show two things. This is at Keeneland. And it doesn't look like the horse ran that well. He breaks fine. Let me move this up a little bit here. Okay, he is, he's, you know, in the three path, and he's going to be pretty wide. I'm not going to show the entire race just for time, but he is wide, which is not where you want to be, and I'm let it run. He's comfortable right now, but he actually ends up being a little bit wider. You see right now he's in the three path, and for some reason, I don't know what happens here. I don't know if he gets, like, shuffled back, but he goes backwards. Again, he's in the red, he's in the red silks here, and you watch, you're like, okay, he's about to make a move, right? And then he starts, like, he, I don't know if he took a bad step or I don't know what it is, but right here, you're like, this is not looking good at all. Like, what's going on here? He's going backwards. In fact, the five is passing him. So I don't know if he's just green or I don't know what's going on. And right here, you're like, Howard, you're an idiot. Why are we watching this replay? The horse is going to finish last. Oh, no. Watch what happens. He, I don't know if he needs cover, guys, or what it is, but he regathers. He gets bumped right, right there. A horse comes in front of him, and you're like, He's going nowhere, right? And and he still doesn't look real good. But right about here, he switches leads, and you're going to see him. He goes left-handed. The jock goes left-handed. And you're like, he's out of the camera. Again, Howard, you're an idiot. Watch this finish, guys. He finishes. There he is, finishing very well, galloping out very well. And I'm going to show the final quarter, guys. We haven't shown this yet. The the uh, incremental pace. You see the final <clears throat> this this number here is the final eighth of a mile you see david uh zavy dave finished 11.25 that's third fastest finish and he just looked uncomfortable and he was all green and he was all over the place the start before that as you guys probably know because i'm sure you watched the replay when he won at uh, fairgrounds he did it very professionally anyway i think he's going to sit off the six and eight i like his upside he's been working well i think uh Trimino's is going to sit a good trip and I'm not sold on the six or eight guys. Zadie Dave, the Minnesota bred, to win the Mystic Lake Derby at I'll say eight to one. All right, that that's that's my pick. I didn't switch the uh, banners at the bottom of the screen. Uh, let's see who who who's got the nine. Jay, you got the nine and third, so you believe a little bit in this horse. Yep. I the thing I didn't like is he looked a little green coming down the stretch. To your oh, point, oh for sure. I, you know, but I I did I did pick him third because if he you know again he's these horses can mature and he's, you know, um, if he matures quickly and, you know, I've got a lot of confidence in Mac that they kind of get it figured out. So, um, you know, it's hard. He, he, there's a lot of talent there. It's just a matter of putting it together, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm looking for a, a, an interesting horse in this race. I think it's completely wide open. Uh, Jay, you're going, you and Angela are both going with the 11. The yeah, other we, Minnesota. We think bread. you got the wrong Minnesota bread. Yeah. yeah you, I, uh, I, you might. I, I, <laughs> I, I very well may. Uh, Ben's Mouse, again, looks slower on paper, but is a very nice closer in a race that might have some speed and is in really good form second off a small layup, Jay. Yeah, I, I think uh, they've been pointing to this race the whole time. I mean, yeah. you know, um, again, you, you know, his numbers are a little slow, but again, he was only a length and he was coming hard at in the Columbia and barely lost to Heaven Street, who could be one of the one of the favorites in here. So, that's you know, 10, just everyone. with the... What, excuse me? I was saying that was the, that's the 10. Yeah. Uh, Heaven Street. Sorry. Yep. So, um, you know, I just think the pace sets up for him. He's got wins over this track. And then, um, you know, Pete Madsen has been winning almost everything 
in the last year or so at Canterbury, all the big Minnesota bread races that between Van Winkle and Padilla, um, his trainers, they've been winning almost everything they have. So, you know, I think they've been pointing to this race. I think that they didn't have him even close to cranked up in that May 29th race that, mm-hmm. you know, he only won by a neck, but it was a, I would say a very measured neck and okay. um, they didn't have him hundred percent cranked that horse hold the spice. Who's a nice horse, but has a little hang to came back and won. So again, flattered him a little bit, but I think, I think they were always pointing to this race and that, you know, again, if he gets a good trip, he's going to be coming from back. He will not, I don't think he'll be as close as he was last race. I think he'll be coming from, you know, towards the back with all the speed in this race and making one big run. And Jay's got the 10 in second, and he has my 9 in third. Angela, you're going with a uh, – sorry, you're going with the 11. Did you want to add anything to Ben's mouth before we talk about your other two picks for second and third? Yeah, Big Ben. He's huge. That's one of the <laughs> – he's okay. one of the tallest horses that I've seen in person. So I actually like right. the outside draw for him, and I think that that was – a mild detriment to him in the Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put a giant horse like that on the rail and he rallied well. I was surprised. I mean, he's willing to go between horses, but I mean, he's a big dude. So you try to move him between horses. It's not the easiest trick in the world. And I mean, yeah, get a look at him. You, you can even see him in the gate. He's just a big, tall thing. And yeah, he's the one And heaven street is the five in this race. Who is the 10 uh, tomorrow? Again, the one is uh, here's the one is, is Ben's malice. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah, no. It, I mean, you can see he's, yeah, big stride. he's he's big, lopy, and he's inside of a bunch of horses. That's not usually a favorable thing, but no. he was very willing to go up to the inside. I mean, I was I yeah. was surprised at his willingness to go up inside of horses the way that he did. Heaven Street got an excellent trip that day, and maybe his best shot is better than Ben's Malice, but they weren't that far apart. And I think with an outside post and with a little bit of pace, that he could make it a more even race. Uh, Ben's Malice likes this turf course a lot. Javier Castellano is not as familiar with it. I just didn't think that these were too far apart to where if you're going to get eight to one versus five to one, I use both of them in my top three. And as you mentioned before, I did put the Schweitzer in the middle and this is going to be his first try on turf around two turns, but he looked excellent finishing up that race at Keeneland on uh, April 28th. If you want to click on that, I mean, it's a sprint. Um, Maybe just the stretch run is all you need to see, but it looks like this horse would be very willing to go a a little bit of extra ground and he'll only have to go one right here. I watched, I I'm not as high on you uh, on this finish as you are, but uh, he's right here closing up the inside. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I thought that even if he doesn't have a sprinter's kick, he could still handle a couple more furlongs and he's willing to pass horses. And to the point of uh, both of those horses that you talked about, Dowagic cheap and stitched, maybe going for the lead and maybe sitting off and Xavier Dave needing some pace run uh, to run at. I mean, I don't want to say that he would use two of his top owners to put rabbits in the race, but I don't think that he would be against it. And I would guess that either Tonka warrior Magoo or both are in there to ensure that <laughs> something is going on up front. Cause I mean, really on paper, this isn't the spot that either horse was probably aimed for at any point in, in their career. I mean, they've only put one on turf once the other one's never touched the turf and never gone two turns. So if they're going to make sure that nobody crawls along on the front end, the three horses that I used will probably stand to benefit as well as Davey Dave. And that would be an excellent way to honor Warren Bush who recently passed. And I know that this would, this was very important for him. I mean, he put a lot into breeding good Minnesota breads. I mean, he's had hot shot kid. He has Zavy Dave. He has had some really nice horses and to win a race like this for his loved ones would mean a lot. So if Zavy Dave wins, I'm happy to be wrong, but yes, we did end up with big Ben on top, both uh, me and Jay, and we'd be very happy for Pete Madsen too. 
So I don't want to speak for you guys, but it sounds like you're you're looking at a pace meltdown. If that's the case, those outside horses, number one, are closers, and number two, crossing over to that first turn will be easier in theory, guys, because the, the field will be more like spread eagle. Correct, Angela? <laughs> I'm not sure that's the term I'm going to use in the well, paddock, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like okay, that. I'm not going to touch it. You do. <laughs> we'll be more spread out. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no spread eagle, but yeah, I think that it might be a little bit more strung out than maybe some of the earlier races on the car. Oh boy, I think I just lost. I, I, I wasn't going there. You know what I meant. You might have gained some subscribers. I mean, no, hey, we can put that out there. We'd like to have some fun here at the Canterbury Bar podcast. Uh, but obviously, if they go faster, then the horses tend to be more spread out, which will allow those horses on the outside. A lot easier to get out. out of the rail. Yeah. Yeah. We get it. We get yep. it. All right. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I've got your horses, I've got those horses as bees. I like the 11 more than the 10. Um, I just think the 11 is more of like a dead closer, which might work out well. But the size of the 11 is actually a fascinating uh, piece uh, angle that you bring up because I didn't know that. And uh, that, boy, that is a big boy. I'll say that. All right, guys, let's get into uh, the pick five here. Really appreciate, again, Angela Herman and, and Jay Litzow have been fantastic. We're going to go about five more minutes, guys. Let's show everyone our pick fives now. I asked them to give me sub $100 um pick fives these are what i call caveman tickets these are just straight tickets angela and jay i don't know if you guys are abc ticket maker you like different kind of methods but um these are just straight tickets so angela i'll let you go first and explain your ticket construction angela's going very cheap guys you don't have to spend a lot of money tomorrow (laughs) night just 36 bucks for angela to hit this and i'm going to read it out loud angela because people are going to listen to this on apple Podcasts. they're not going to be able to see the screen so Mm -hmm. let me read your picks then you can talk about your uh, your concept and your construction here. Angel's going five thirteen with four six seven with seven with one two seven with seven nine ten eleven. Again, five thirteen with four six seven with seven singled with one two seven with seven nine ten eleven. Angel, can you talk about your ticket construction a bit here? Well, the reason that I kept it a little bit lower is because I singled. She can't sing. And I think that that, like you said, is going to be the choice of a lot of people to single along the way. So in order to keep it economical and maybe play it a couple of times or something like that, you have to have an opinion somewhere else that adds a little bit of value because that adds none. So in the third, even though I respect Schlafmitz and I used her on the ticket, she's going to be heavily bet too. So I only used her and my top choice in there. I didn't see anybody else that would, I think, threaten Schlafmitz if she runs her race. So I just, I went just too deep in there. If you wanted to add horses, I guess that this might be where you would add, but I couldn't do it because I thought the Schlafmiss would be so, so tough in there. And then in the fourth, I did use my top three choices and they all have different, different tactics to go about it. Seven cents just off the pace. Huey attack from way out of it and on your mark from somewhere, wherever he needs to be. I think that Ray Lou Gutierrez would be a good fit for that horse. So wherever he thinks he needs to be as far as the pace goes because it might get very hot. I think that on your mark and seven cents provide some versatility, whereas Huey Attack is a horse that I really only like if they go like 42 on the front end. And even then they might hang on. We already and talked by the way, about... they might you might literally see a 42 and change. That would not surprise me. Right. Uh, and so th- three horses that won't get burned up by that are three that I used on my ticket. So that's I the way that it. I went. Yeah. I like the fact you had different angles there and different different, you know closers and speed horses very good uh jay you've got now jay jay's got big pockets he works for the star tribune we all know he's going nine but fair fair 
Fair to everyone, I did say sub 100. So Jay's using his full dose there. He's going 96 bucks. Absolutely. His ticket is 15613 <laughs> with 24711 with 8 with 267 with 89011. Again, 15613 with 24711 with 8 with 267 with 891011. Jay, go ahead and talk about your ticket a bit. No, if you're going to give me a $100 budget, I'm going to use it on a mythical. I hear you. For <laughs> sure. Um, and, you know, truth in advertising, I am not exactly a pick five player, so please don't make fun of my structure or anything like that. You just but, win uh, contests for $1,000, right? Exactly. And more <laughs> a win better and those type of things. But I do right. put one in the in the Star Tribune on a daily basis too. But that that's kind of limited to that $50 range. So, um Again, you know, most of my topics in my paper, obviously the key is uh, the sixth wraith with Saranya. Um, that's my single. And then, you know, I went a little deeper in, in the um, the five furlong race just because you said, you know, five furlong can mean chaos. So even though the two and the four kind of look good to me, I did throw a couple in there. And then the kind of the key is the last race. You know, I didn't, I played mostly the closers, hoping for a pace meltdown and, um you know, I think it's going to pay. So again, that's why I use the whole dollar amount and just hope I can get it. Yeah, I, I like your uh, single. I like your sequence. Uh, you guys, I, I don't have these closers as heavy as you guys do in the last race. I'm, I'm starting to change my thinking, especially Lange with the four and five. I think you bring up really good points that those horses might just set up for Mac for something else. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you, you got me thinking now, Angela, which I like. <laughs> uh, so there, there's Jay's ticket. By the way, Jay, I just want to say this to you and the people of the Star Tribune. I was a journalism major actually way back in the day, even though I'm a high school a math teacher full time. But I was a, I have journalism at heart. I just love, and I'm sure Angela would agree. I love that you know a local newspaper. There are things called newspapers for you younger people out there. They still <laughs> exist. And that, you know, newspaper like the Star Tribune covers Canterbury on a daily basis. I just think it's fantastic. I miss seeing the horse racing stuff in the agate section. And if you don't know what the agate is, that's all the little fine print that's usually towards the end of the uh, sports section or used to be with all the little scores and whatnot. It's called the agate. I miss seeing that, you know, the, the horse racing. Uh, Jake, just very briefly before I bring up my ticket and we end the show, yeah. can you talk about the great support that your newspaper has and other outlets for Canterbury Park? Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, the Star Tribune, since Canterbury opened in 95, has been a huge supporter of it. And to your point, you know, a lot of newspapers don't do that anymore. And no. and during the pandemic, it actually, we didn't have it in the paper. And so there was that concern. Um, I don't know if you know Johnny Love, but Johnny Love kind of did it pre-pandemic and, and did a wonderful job. And then it stopped. And so we were a little concerned would it come back. And, you know, the fact that we talked them into it and that they gave me a shot this last couple of years is a huge credit. And, you know, any exposure horse racing can get will certainly take it. And again, with maybe pro sports um, gambling on the in the future, maybe it'll be kind of a whole page of horse racing and sports, those type of things. So, again, I think we need to give Star Tribune a huge amount of credit for following the sport and, and supporting Canterbury. Yeah, it's been great. By the way, uh, Steve, uh, Pete and Paul, I gave them the night off. We already have three people on the show. I have co-hosts now, and they do a great job, but I gave them the night off because we had two you, you you guys on. Uh, let me very quickly go through the winning t – I mean, my pick five. Uh, <laughs> uh, just kidding, guys. Uh, no, you got to be confident. you got to own it. Uh, I, I have to be honest. I, I, I'm not that confident with this particular ticket. Yeah. Not That's a little more spread eagle. Yeah, <laughs> not because of, and it's going to be hot tomorrow night. You said also, right? You just said yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm not 
unconfident because of my handicapping. I'm just not confident because it's just these are just big fields and they're very tough. I'm going yeah. a $72 ticket. Uh, so I have enough to go in the great concession stand and buy a sandwich or maybe get another shirt or a hat, whatever, <laughs> there at, at Canterbury. I will not be up there tomorrow night, by the way. I'll miss you guys, but hopefully I'll be up there. Maybe at the end, maybe in September for the big uh, BCBC uh, event or something. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, my ticket is 1 5 10 13 with 2 4 with 3 7 8 with 1 2 6 with 6 9. I'd be really crossing my fingers at the end because. That last race, I'm not sure. Again, 1, 5, 10, 13 with 2, 4, with 3, 7, 8, with 1, 2, 4, with 6, 9. Uh, I said I like the 7 most she can't sing in that third leg. I think the 3 is interesting. I, I'm very worried there's not a lot of speed in that race. I think the 3 at 15 to 1 can really blow up this pick 5. I would never use this horse evenly with the 7 and 8, but in a pick 5 caveman that we talk about, I'm going to do that. The sprint race, even though it pains me to do it, I'd go very light and just hope that the two and four are just the best and work out a trip. And then I'd go with the speed down with chief at the end the best speed and who I think might be the sneaky best closer, although maybe Ben's mouse or, or the 10 horse is better, but the nine's got a lot of things guys that I like that last race was much better than it looked. I think, I, I think he's improving. I, I like Torino's. I, I like the nine quite a bit. I'm using the nine underneath by the way, in my tries as well, keying a back wheeling in a lot of plays. That's my ticket. Guys, as we wrap up the show, let me bring up my last uh, banner here. I want to thank both of you guys so much. You guys were awesome. I love having you on. Say hi to hello. So say hello to Kevin Gore for me as well, <laughs> who was on the show with you, Angela, uh, last time. Let me bring up, where's my banner? Hold on a second. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Any final thoughts? We'll have each one of you a final thought on the sequence in general, anything coming up at Canterbury Park, the next uh, the next dog races or animal races that are going on. Uh, Angela, final thoughts, probably about tomorrow's sequence. Yeah, I was going to say you want dog races. We'll have Basset Hounds on Sunday. Beautiful. But, and uncorked on Saturday if things don't go so well for you tomorrow night. But okay. uh, I'm going to be in the paddock a lot with Kevin. <laughs> We're going to be out on the turf course. We're going to be by the starting gate. We'll give you any observations that we can on track. So while you might normally mute me, I get it. Uh, maybe keep the volume up for when Kevin and I are out there trying to get the on-track observations. Who would be muting you? What? Who would be muting you? Oh, people with two ears. Um, even people <laughs> <Wow>. with one. <laughs> well, that they would be. That would not be smart of them to do that. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever insight we can give you on track to add into this information, we'll we'll do our best to try to give you some sort of edge. So if you can tune in, if you can make any of your vertical wagers, if your horizontals are already in place. Stay tuned because we're going to try to put together a lot of good stuff to give you more insight than just this. Uh, John Mickelson has put together a good rundown where there's going to be a lot of us involved in a lot of different spots. It's going to be a very fun night, and uh, hopefully we all come home with a lot of cash. Jay, final thoughts on tomorrow? Yeah, well, I'm actually going to be playing the the tournament, the handicapping tournament that uh, Jeff's got, the Northern Stars Challenge, $300 um Entry fee, $200 live money, $100 in the pool, and that gets you into the Big Ten BCBC that you talked about. Um, right. And I was lucky enough to get win this tournament. Well, not win, but I was top five or whatever. Win an entry, I should say. Good job, um, Jay. So, yeah. But, you know, so <laughs> if anybody's interested, you know, look on, you know, get a hold of Jeff or look on their um, – Express, I think you can play through yep. Express, but Express, Jay, there right. might be uh, there might be someone coming up on coming up uh, playing in the contest. So look out if if someone sneaks up from behind no, in, that la- in, in that in that eighth race, 
with uh, been hot with lately. Dave, with, with, with I've been Dave following Dave. you. Look out. Yes. And you watch out for Big Ben if he's exactly. got a big – Yeah, exactly. It's going to be men bread for men bread. Minnesota bread exact a we'll, we'll take for, it. For what, we'll 120 for two. How does that sound? Sounds great. Uh, Jay, good luck to you tomorrow. Angela, I know you're going to be very busy on track doing a lot of exciting things. So good luck with your uh, broadcast tomorrow. Really want to, again, thank Angela Herman and Jay Litzow. They've been awesome. Thanks, everyone, for watching. This has been Howard Krauts in the HHH Racing Podcast episode 152. Not sure if we're going to be on Thursday night or not, so check your local listings, so to speak, or my YouTube channel. And don't forget about the contest. Again, below the video player in about 20 minutes from now, literally about 20 minutes from now, about 9.45 Eastern Standard Time, your race one prediction of who's going to win and the uh, time, and you could be a part of my 25, you have 25% of my pick five tomorrow night. Everyone crush those bets tomorrow. Have a great night. Take care. Goodbye.